0: Is kind of a win-win for that company that can now have a great support mm-hmm. tool but also has like really passionate users who are like able to connect with them directly.
1: Welcome to the Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and what's that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hey, greetings, everybody. This is Adil from Happeringate podcast. And today in our episode, we've got Tom, who's the co-founder and CEO of Unthread. Prior to that, he was the founder of uh, DashRide. It's more in the trucking and transportation industry. We'll learn more about how it got acquired by Cruise later on. And now he has started up. His own uh, startup, uh, co founder with other uh, team members, being a technical co-founder and CEO uh, of Unthread, which is more of a native Slack platform for uh, it stays in, as an inbox for customer success teams. More works towards the post to sales journey. Thank you very much, uh, Tom, for taking the time.
0: Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Love
1: that. So, Tom, looking at your uh, prior background, uh, you have co-founded a lot of. Uh, Tech platforms in a range of different niches, uh, like industries. You uh talking about transportation, talking about uh, some you know platforms that you worked on an engineering role, like Cruise, and then uh, you had EverSpace. Uh, you also co-founded. Uh, you founded that platform uh, as a chief executive officer as well for a good two years, and then more recently, uh, you've uh, you co-founded Unthread, that is uh, for slightly a different uh, tech more in the tech space, is for the CS hybrid CS teams. So walk us through your journey altogether in the past, I would say, all altogether 10 years uh, if, I, if I talk briefly about it.
0: Sure, yeah. Uh, I guess the common theme is just building software that people want to use. That's the thing that gets me really excited. So yeah, as you mentioned, very different industries uh, working in like the transportation space, Uh, we worked briefly in like the HR tech space and now focus really heavily on customer success and customer support Um, yeah ultimately for me I just get a lot of excitement out of building great software that makes people's lives better so um, the way I originally got started with Dashride we uh, actually started building a ride-sharing platform for college students back in 2011 I want to say is when we got started So pretty early in the the rideshare game, but uh, me and my co-founder were students at UConn and it was just terrible to get around. And so we built this platform so students could offer to drive other students on the app in exchange for like a uh, donation, we called it, to get around some Mm -hmm. legal issues. Mm And uh, that was really great. We got a lot of great users for that platform, and eventually pivoted that into a B two B model. When we said that, like, okay, ride sharing is a thing. Uh, all these existing taxi companies and limo companies need software to, you know, efficiently move people around and actually like offer on demand services. So that's what Dash Ride was. We helped, uh, you know, a few hundred uh, large transportation companies, um, yeah, uh, give people easy rides around. So. Uh, we ran that for about five years, uh, based out of New York and towards the tail end, we started talking to AV companies, basically helping them to, you know, do all the dispatching and the, the kind of like automated, uh, logistics that comes with, uh, you know, doing transportation like that, letting them focus on the actual hard part, which is like making a car drive itself. We would do the dispatching, which is relatively speaking an easier problem to solve. And uh, yeah, as we were having those conversations, we were talking to crews and after, you know, kind of like a partnership conversation, they decided they wanted to acquire us and have us, you know, go in-house to to build some of this technology.
1: Love that. I I still remember some of the stories came up from that time, 2010 slash 11 from New York City, as well as from San Francisco, where there are two different worlds going on up there. Uh, San Francisco was more of a tech uh, startups, more on the B2B side. At that point, evolving pretty big, Salesforce uh, was also being the joint there. And then New York City, more towards the consumer side, they had like big enterprise uh, working towards the consumer uh, tech. So at that point, uh, sitting in New York City, working around these uh, different industries, what was your thought process? Like what kind of, in terms of partnerships, like you you kind of... uh, you know, kind of group into people that are look like interest and look like motivation, and you know they're kind of a geek or building something new. What kind of network did you have back then?
0: Uh, in
1: New York specifically? Yes, in New York City. Yes.
0: Yeah, so we went through an accelerator program when we first moved to New York in 2014. We went through uh, ERA Entrepreneurs Roundtable Accelerator, which connected mm-hmm. us to like a really great network of people in New York. And yeah, I think there's. I, a broader range of of industries here in New York, but in the tech scene specifically, uh, yeah, we met a lot of great like B two B SaaS founders, a lot of great like fintech founders. I think um, the tech scene in New York um, is you know equally diverse. Like there's a bunch of different types of companies being built, but we definitely found a great network of also like B two B SaaS founders who are building like really solid like lasting businesses. Um, yeah, I think what what I saw when I was living in San Francisco was more like uh high risk high reward i guess type businesses and in new york i saw a lot more like solid fundamentals foundational like we're gonna like become profitable type businesses uh that was interesting to see that kind of distinction but Mm um yeah i mean definitely like Mm -hmm. smart smart people everywhere but new york definitely um yeah a great a great SaaS team
1: Mm -hmm. wonderful wonderful so now i I was thinking about untread and uh you know you started back uh a few months back it's just been a year into a business so what kind of uh you know what lets you to build some uh, startups like this we've we've had a lot of big SaaS teams cs teams more the tech touch not so much high touch not uh, you know serving in the small to mid-sized customer base in that segment they have uh, integration in size their Salesforce. you know uh having their push notification onto the slack Having uh, you know some sort of custom objects that lead information into the Slack. So how did you find this uh, this uh, market gap? I would say addressable gap while by, by building this platform.
0: Yeah, definitely. So after my time at Cruise, um, I left to start a platform called EverySpace, which was kind of in the HR tech space. It was about like employee engagement and internal communication. And starting the SaaS company in you know twenty twenty one versus when we started. Dash right in, you know, 2013 or whatever. Um, things were a little bit different. Like we tried to set up the typical stack, like you set up intercom and a little in-app chat widget, mm-hmm. and you know, set up your email support that way. Uh, what we found was that the way people wanted to talk to us was totally different than the last time we were running a SaaS company. Our customers kept adding us to these um, shared Slack channels via Slack Connect. And you know we had our intercom widget, we had our email support, but no one would touch those things. They just kept DMing us on Slack to send us bug reports or feature requests or to talk to us through there. And we just didn't have the infrastructure to deal with this. Like you can't deal with like dozens or sometimes hundreds of Slack channels that are just you know customer issue after customer issue. Like you need a good way to manage that. And we, we couldn't find a tool for that. So uh, we tried to hack something together ourselves just to like solve this problem. And what we found was like, you know, we weren't alone in this, like there are tons of companies out there. Like this is just the growing trend of companies wanting to talk over Slack instead of email. And so, you know, on that theme of just like building things that have a big impact, we found that this could really solve a big problem for people. And so, um, yeah, it was about, about six months ago, uh, we went through the Y Combinator Accelerator with every space. We realized this new problem. We talked to a ton of customers, like YC was great for that. So many other B2B SaaS companies who were experiencing this problem. And,, uh, yeah, officially launched Unthread uh, out of YC. And, um, yeah, overall, like it's been just like a totally you know different story from the the old SaaS company to now. Like we're just like solving a really mm-hmm. key pain point for people. and um yeah, just a tool that people use every day. So, yeah, as I mentioned mm-hmm. before, that's what really gets me excited. So it's been really fun mm-hmm. to see a tool that just like people get really passionate about and that they're like it really has a big impact on the workflow.
1: Very interesting. Love that. So uh, talking about, like, I've seen your uh, packages as well. You're your more towards uh, startup to uh, small business uh, kind of uh, technology to incorporate into the process. Like, you might have, uh, you know, also learned throughout these one and a half, two years in the past, investments are not that easy of a deal for startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're finding it really hard to uh, get the growth met- metrics, real growth metrics to investors and PayStack to be able to get the desired uh, you know, fund. And that way they're trying to do more with less. They're trying to make sure they they facilitate uh, their team as well as they manage the bandwidth, they optimize the cost to be able to run the business. So when it comes to uh, platforms like Unthread, you know, uh, trying to place into a startup, uh, let's say startup sitting at series A max, seed to series A. So how do you think uh, Untread can be placed and and replaces uh, some of their tech tech stack to be able to optimize this cost? Because they don't want another two uh, on top of their CRM, uh, on top of their existing uh, free Slack account that they use for a bunch of 15 people. So how do you see this uh, problem?
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Like the bar for adopting SaaS is a lot higher. People do not want to adopt another dashboard, another separate tool. Um, But for us, this actually works in our favor. So when you have something like a Zendesk or an intercom, you have this now separate dashboard where your team is going to like, give a support request, but they're living in Slack every single day. And the more important part is your customers have now moved to start talking to you in Slack. And so you're trying to do as much of your workflow in the Slack app as possible. It's becoming this sort of like operating system for the business. Instead of going to your email client for some emails, going to Slack, going to intercom, going to Zendesk, you're now staying inside of Slack. So one of the benefits for us that we've seen is actually like presenting this as a reduction in the number of different dashboards you need to check. Uh, Our app is fully Slack native. So we create an inbox view inside of your Slack account that tracks all of your open tickets and conversations. And so from that standpoint, like you're totally right. We want to present this as like, we're going to simplify your workflow. And now those things that used to have to leave Slack and copy and paste links to different dashboards, we're going to do this in one place. And we've seen a lot of great feedback on that. Love
1: that. So you, you're trying to organize inside Slack all of these high uh, revenue tasks that they need that need action from respective teams. Are these specifically for success teams, or uh, does this does work for the GTM teams or revenue teams as well?
0: Yeah, so we focus on customer success and customer support now because we know this is the biggest pain point that people feel. Uh, It's, you know, you're juggling, you know, again, like hundreds of Slack channels, messages are being lost. Customers are having a bad experience if you like forget to respond to them. Uh, And so that that need is like really pressing. Uh, We are looking to expand to definitely like uh, sales teams, like closing deals via Slack is now a thing that is happening that wasn't happening like two years ago. Uh, as well as like internal workflows. So even for internal channels, where you have someone who's like kind of um, reaching on a channel, asking for help with something, um, you don't want that request to be lost. And that's, we can do the same Mm -hmm. thing. But yeah, definitely our target market right now, we're focused on success teams, really solving this pain point that they feel right away. But there's a lot of exciting other opportunities as we think about like companies, again, just moving more and more workflows out of email, Mm out of tickets and just into your, your day-to-day Slack exactly. workflow.
1: Exactly. So because we we we've been talking about this a lot. Like there's there are lots of motions going on, but the biggest motion for the next three to five years, what I see, I can be wrong, is moving from PLG, you know, product-led growth to community-led growth. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of these open source platforms like Jetsu, there's one that came last week as well, API navigation platform. So they don't have support. They don't use Intercom. They don't use HubScale. They use HubSpot. Mm -hmm. They have their community, their customers sitting inside Slack. They have pretty much closed net community. They ask questions, they share the feedback, they trade. Their support team is sitting on Slack, answering their questions. So it works. I know that it works more for open source tools, but, you know, more and more, uh, of these uh, startups they are instead of investing too much in three other tools the crm and all of that they have once data customer information stored in one place and they use slack for all the you know support exchange and you know community building uh, you know maybe sharing stories and getting uh, people the right information but it is sports service success growing their uh, their their you know growing with their goals evolving with their goals that is a part of success so, how do you see that, like community-led growth? How do you do you see that from that angle, you know, while incorporating a tool like thread or building a tool or maybe shaping the product that way?
0: Yeah, so I totally agree. Like community-led growth is a real thing, and it's it's definitely growing a lot in popularity. Uh, we have an example. Uh, one of our customers I can think of right now, um, Elementary Data. They're an open-source tool, but they're also, you know, a, I think a seed or Series A stage company where they do all of their support through a public Slack channel. Anyone can come in and ask a question. And what we've seen is like, uh, you know, progression of like team members starting to answer questions to start with. Like you're gonna be there to like feel these support questions, but then eventually you build enough community and people start to help each other out. It becomes this kind of like self, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, like efficient flywheel of of support. And that's been really cool to see. Like when people are passionate about a project, they'll jump in and, and try to help each other out. And yeah, all this is happening through Slack. Those people who are asking those questions, they use Slack in their day job, you know, day to day. So it's easy for them to just like hop into this Slack account to ask their questions. Whereas the old way of like going to different like forums and these different dashboards, like people just don't feel compelled to do that. It's too much of a distraction. Mm -hmm. Um, So Slack has the benefit of like being easy to use for people who already use it every day, but also being able to like, create the sense of community and um, yeah, mm-hmm. let people help each other and let people see like, what are other people building with this tool? And uh, it's just kind mm-hmm. of a win-win for that company that can now have a great support mm-hmm. tool, but also has like really passionate users who are like able to connect with them directly.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We're we also working on a B two B product for customer success teams, more of a, you know, data analytics platform. And we this is one thing that we have done day one. Like we need to build a closed net community inside Slack where people can share information. that You can they have a change of uh, you know communication where they can help them. You know, grouping all these tech tech stars, uh, founders, by seek founders, and then these accelerators and uh, the VCs and GTM funds. Praying them and, you know, making a sort of a community that contributes, uh, you know, in terms of anything, you know, that the startup needs. So that's where this Hypergate podcast is because has been the biggest support hub for startups. So now talking about GTM, uh, you've been there a few months uh, getting out of uh, Y Combinator, what you're looking ahead, what kind of funds you have in, in in the pocket, in the back pocket, how do you see financially, like on the commercial side, uh, while, while acquiring more customers, you would need more team, better teams, better systems, Uh, to retain those customers, you know, the dollar uh, retention, uh, debt revenue retention, all of that part. So how do you see it from commercial and from business standpoint?
0: Yeah, Um, so well, from a funding standpoint, we have some unannounced funding that we'll hopefully be able to announce soon. That'll be really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, But from a commercial standpoint, I mean, from our perspective, like we've been making money from day one, all of our customers we brought on are are paid customers and we do that on purpose to like validate the idea. Um, So Mm -hmm. we've been fortunate enough to have customers who have felt this problem strongly enough that they've paid us to work with us as we build the solution Mm -hmm. out for them. And um, mm-hmm. I, I really believe in that that methodology because um, you have customers who are really, really invested in your success. You have the ability to work really closely with them on the right solution and it, it validates the idea. Like if you build something that people say they want but they don't actually pay you for it, you don't have a mm-hmm. business there. So uh, mm-hmm. we've been really fortunate to find a bunch of great partners who wanted to work with us uh, and pay us as we build the solution out. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, going forward, like we start with some small companies to, um, you know, maybe fit a certain niche that we're targeting. Then we start to expand out from there. So uh, for us, Mm -hmm. like going through YC, that was a great place to find our initial customers. And from there, you're going to find a wide variety of companies, right? Like from pre-seed to, you know, IPO companies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's been really helpful for us, like using this network, talking to as many people as we can to figure out like, okay, within this broad swath of companies that we can pursue, which Mm -hmm. segment do we find is experiencing this pain point the most? And then Mm -hmm. just targeting that really heavily, trying to do as many paid pilots as possible with those customers as we mm-hmm. build up the products. So uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. been been our approach. And um, yeah, just kind of like picking that segment that works really well and starting to expand once we feel that we've like got the, the resources to do so.
1: Interesting, very interesting. I like the fact that you're keeping things very, very simple. You have all range of customers, you just throw it handed over to the product and see what, uh, for what customer it works best so we can scale. So that's when you will get the product market fit. So now uh, you got the investment, you've got pretty much laid out simplified plan. Of course, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be maybe some product iteration based on the feedback that you would have. So do you have bandwidth on on the back office, like technical team, and of course, uh, the customer facing team? How did you plan that out?
0: Yeah, so uh, it's been just me and my co-founder for a while. Uh, We're both technical people so uh, my co-founder more so than me is absolutely just like an incredible engineer me I'm like an okay engineer I can build some stuff you know uh, I can build the basics and so for us uh, we've been pretty fortunate that we haven't been uh, kind of like bottlenecked with our our, our technical skills I think that is definitely really challenging for a lot of teams Uh, the ability to like iterate really quickly you know Jake my co-founder and I we see a customer issue or a customer request and we can just brainstorm, get a solution going like that day. And it can be really challenging if you're like outsourcing your development to some yes. other team, you know, outside of the country somewhere, or you have, yeah, just like a dev shop building your product for you. It's going to be really hard to iterate at the speed that you need to iterate on. Yes. Like sometimes we'll build something, we'll find out it didn't work and we'll change it like that day. We'll, we'll like ship it Absolutely. an update that changes the way things work. So um, that's say, why like, you know,
1: these, but that's why these YC people, like I was, uh, I was here listening to uh, Michael Sabo, like he was so preaching that, you know, we vouch and we uh, basically bet on teams that are more technical because we know that, you know, there's going to be iteration and they will be the folks that will do it in quick succession. So that's totally. important and that, that falls in their interest too.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think YC, we definitely saw that with the other founders that we work with and for anyone who's like looking to apply to YC, like. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's what I, we hear too. It's just like the index so heavily on, on builders, people who, who can mm-hmm. put stuff together because, yeah, let's say uh, you ship something and it's not what the customer wants. Like you can't mm-hmm. wait two weeks for like a sprint cycle to yeah. change it. Like you just got to change it that day. Mm-hmm. If you're going to hack some mm-hmm. shitty code together, like hack that code. Yeah. Like, you know, you got to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, on the co- commercial standpoint, you said that You know, you're you have the funding that will help you marketing in the in the right position, like mark positioning the product and then Mm -hmm. scaling it, penetrating it across those. So how do you like just talking about you? You build you guys build the product. So sitting now, we had it haven't haven't had it over to a lot of people right now. So you don't know what exactly is gonna play out. So thinking on your foresight, I mean, I I'm thinking that there's there's there are startups that are willing to invest in these tools. There are some SMBs that have a range of other tools, and they have for one segment they can use uh, for a product like Un- Unthread. So how do you see it penetrating and breaking out big into one segment if we just talk about one segment? Is that startup? Is that SMB? Is that market? Is that enterprise? Who knows?
0: Yeah, no, totally. It's like we're thinking about the short term today. Like who does this product you know solve problems for like right now and is like desperate for the solution? And then what does that mean like going forward like a year from now like is that customer going to be the same and the answer is so yeah right now the people who feel this the strongest and who can like move forward buy our product in a day and just like sign up and start using it giving us feedback um, giving us revenue like that for sure is more on like the the s b's you know series a series b mm-hmm. companies is like where we really find a sweet mm-hmm. spot right now But that means like, while we're doing that, we're thinking about like, what's the next segment? The next segment is definitely to go up market to uh, mid-market companies and from there go up to enterprise. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. these, you know, smaller companies have been a great kind of jumping off point to see, okay, we can solve this Slack connect specific pain point, but what else are they unhappy about with their stack? And like, definitely these teams are looking to move off of intercom to move off of Zendesk. And kind of to your point earlier, like reduce the amount of like cognitive load of having too many dashboards Mm -hmm. for different things. And so when we think about like going forward, we see that same problem exist in the bid market and in the enterprise. So we are investing heavily in building out parts of our product that are going to be this holistic, like all encompassing customer support solution. So one example is uh, we just launched email based support that you can do inside of Slack. So you set up mm. your support email address that will forward to a Slack channel. Use our app under the hood to assign that to the right person, escalate messages, prioritize, have internal discussions. Everything you do there, mm. respond from Slack, and have it go out, back out to the customer via email. Uh, same mm. for like in-app chat. And all these features are going to be necessary when we eventually, you know, become the all-in-one support solution for a larger company. Um, you know, we're building stuff kind of piece by piece. While still getting good feedback on our initial Slack based product from mm. from these early customers.
1: Mm. That's nice. That's 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 nice. So you're already thinking about you know making sure you you work where they work and you're trying to integrate as many uh their use cases inside Slack and uh, with your platform supporting. Yeah, exactly. Slack. Like a land and you,
0: expand strategy, you know? Yes. Try to
1: So now yes, so now talking about scalability you know, you have on one side, you have this product as of now, customer is doing pretty smoothly. How do you want these operations, this post-sales operation to be as seamless and scalable at the same time when it comes to, you know, increasing the lifetime value of the customer, you know, making mm-hmm. startups, being small business, growing with them, you know, just like same what happened with Notion. I'm using Notion for the last three years for all my team. I know that they are growing us, you know, and in, in a year or two, they'll ping us They'll have a sort of a customer success manager, having cadences or QBRs uh, down the road. So they're trying to increase their install base, increasing the lifetime value of their install base, and then making Mm -hmm. them startups, making them small business, small to mid-market, mid-market to enterprise. So that's, you can call it self-shared model, how you're working towards it.
0: Yeah, I think that they're, yeah, they take a similar approach, right? Like they get in with a company, they solve some problems for some team. At the organization Mm -hmm. and other teams start to adopt it over time like slack took the same approach you know this is like the the definition of product-led growth like a couple people sign up for slack to make it easier to communicate and then they eventually move up and and take over the the whole company um yeah we've seen that model work really well and for us the model works well for us too um so we think about support and success as that first segment that like gets a lot of value Mm -hmm. out of the product we've also seen Mm -hmm. teams adopted uh, both, as you mentioned, for sales, so doing like, um, you know, sort of like pre closed conversations with, with an account, yeah. you're going to see far higher uh, response rates and engagement with Slack messages that you send to, to a prospective customer in a Slack Connect channel versus an email in their, you know, steam other emails. You, that they,
1: you're talking about SDRs? You're talking about yeah, SDRs? Uh, yeah, ZDXs definitely. That are reaching out, doing outreach. So instead of using email, I mean, I want to hear about this experience is really unique, you know, I never, I never, I never, I cannot imagine an SCR reaching out and getting people inside Slack and trying to have a communication over Slack. Uh, I cannot imagine. So how does that play out? Yeah.
0: Well, I'd say there's less like prospecting, less cold outreach via Slack, like that doesn't make as much mm-hmm. sense. But once a lead has been qualified, you've like, let's say mm-hmm. you've done a demo with them and they're a great account for you. They're a great fit. There's mm-hmm. interest on both sides. At that point, if you can convince this customer to open a Slack Connect channel with you, your odds of closing them are far higher. Your messages Mm -hmm. to them that get to them via Slack versus Mm -hmm. your competitors' messages that are coming to them via email, your messages are going to have a far far higher engagement rate and your close rate is going to be higher. So um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's something that's really exciting for us. Like We do want to move more into that space. Uh, Yeah, right now we're solving this for for customer success and then expanding to the the revenue teams. mm -hmm.
1: So it it works on top of your QQLs. Like product qualified leads, you got to make sure that you have like uh, once or like first touch point, having them uh, showcase with the product and all of that. The cases, maybe going not even the product, maybe having a presentation of sorts. Like if that is a small to mid market customer with a high dollar value on the contract side, so you can get your account executive, have a presentation of a 30 minute meeting, and ask them out for Slack conversation later on, you know, to see how we can integrate totally.
0: You have the shared channel to share resources between the two companies you can dm your champion at the other side inside of slack mm. instead of sending an email you can just collaborate a lot more quickly and uh yeah we've seen we've done that ourselves we see our customers doing that it's definitely this thing that that people are starting to do and i don't see it stopping anytime soon well
1: definitely our product is pretty much in the stealth. three months uh down will be up for the launch and this is the first thing i have Gotta make notes after this uh, meeting, type. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, right. I want some more information so have... or a
0: tool to help manage it? You, you're talking to the right guy.
1: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, great. So now, you talk about uh, this. There are two people, of course. Once you get the fund, you need to expand your team. What kind of roles you'll be first looking at?
0: Yeah. So for us, I mean, uh, any company around our stage, seed uh, stage company, there's two different sides. There's the idea of, of growing the revenue. So bring on SDRs, uh, building up the sales mm-hmm. side of the organization for sure is going to be really important. Filling up our funnel, being able to like do like uh, expand the amount of outreach we can do and Um, get more customers on board. And then on the engineering Mm -hmm. side, right? Being able to build the product, execute on the vision that we have and that we're selling to Mm -hmm. people and that people are really excited about. We need more, Mm -hmm. you know, firepower here, writing code to Mm -hmm. to build it out. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, those two sides for a company of our stage, it's it's pretty straightforward. Um, Yeah, SDRs and engineers. And -hmm. then uh, Mm -hmm. someone who can help us run our customer success program is also really important. And again, to your point earlier, build community around that. So we have Mm -hmm. a great... know a batch of customers who are really passionate about customer success and we want to encourage Mm -hmm. that help people share resources and use as an opportunity to like build you know passionate unthreatened users where you know we're sharing best Mm -hmm. practices um you know and and people can just help each other out
1: Mm, cool cool tom it was real uh amazing conversation today uh i'm sure that folks listening they would definitely uh you know listen to this episode and figure out how you know they can they can reach you out uh, on linkedin it's uh it's tom from unthread you can find it there two folks that are working right now so they're still uh trying to grow the team uh in the near future once they, they get done with the funding so i really appreciate your time uh you know tom uh for this conversation
0: yeah thanks Adil. it was a lot of fun
1: have a good rest of the day
0: all right you too bye Bye.
1: Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how Im- you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time,